Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey is always top shelf. Whether you got your start as a dynasty veteran, a Millbury survivor, or you were born into the Church of Trots, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, here are your eclectic hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Monday, April 5th, 2021. Coming at you from the Hockey Night New York studios on Long Island. Another fantabulous show coming up for you tonight here at Hockey Night in New York. Brian Compton, Mr. B-Comp of NHL.com, will be joining us to talk aisles, talk trade wins, and everything going on in Island the country. My name is Sean Cuthbert. With me, as always, is Christian Arnold. Christian, how are you? I'm well. So much to talk about. Mets season opener. Sam Darnold <laughs> traded. Right. Great show. I was I, I was really looking forward to get into that. Of stuff to talk about. So much. So I am much stuff. Excited to hear your thoughts on the Jets situation of who they draft this year in the NFL draft. Right. Well, look, a lot of you know options have been opened up with the big trade with Darnold, right? Yeah. So, Do you know I, what position Sam Darnold plays? Oh, I know. He plays quarterback, buddy. Oh, all right. Very good. Very See? Good. See? I know a little bit of sports outside of hockey. A little bit being the, the key word. But folks, I want to thank you all for tuning in to Hockey Night in New York here at twitch.tv slash Hockey Night NY. And want to remind you that we are happy to be sponsored by Blue Line Deli and Bagels located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. Make sure you head on down for great food, great people, and great service. Check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com. Donnie and co, as you know, do a fantastic job over there. And we want to thank Thai Technology, a voice over IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. If you're tired of dealing with long hold times and the impersonal service of companies like Spectrum, Optum, and Verizon, give Thai Technology a call at 516-856-7800 for three free months of service. So, Christian... A lot going on here in Islander country. They closed out their season series with the Pens with a 2-1 to one loss. Good riddance. Surprise, surprise. Another L <laughs> to those guys. Maybe we'll see them in the playoffs. I don't mind waiting until then. Then they smacked around the Caps, 8-4. to four. Barzell had a big night. And then they beat the Flyers in a 3-2 to two shootout for another 4-6 of six point week. So that's, that's becoming a trend now. What do you say, C.A.? Well, it was a very uh, up-and-down week, to say the least. A lot of excitement, uh, you could say, the last two home games for the New York Islanders. Yeah, the yeah. The 8-4 victory, not something the Islanders do uh, all that much, especially under Barry Trotz. 8-4 to four is much more of a Doug Waite score than a Barry Trotz score <laughs> right. in these games. And, <laughs> right. and certainly that the way those the effort was there kind of reflected a much more Doug Waite effort that we've seen in the past than Barry Trotz. Not as much defensively was played as much as offensively. Uh, Matt Barzell, obviously, with the hat trick. And the five-point night, just his fourth yeah. of his career, his third career hat-trick in that game as well. Then he gets the uh, the game winner in the shootout. A pair of uh, bees getting the job done for the Islanders on Saturday night against Philadelphia with Beauvillier, Anthony Beauvillier scoring both of those goals. And then Matthew Barzal scoring the game winner in the shootout, uh, which was, uh, I think, four rounds, five rounds that night. So Four, yeah. Very entertaining game nonetheless, I'm sure. Not the way Islander fans would have liked to see the team play against Philadelphia, especially against a team that's been struggling of late and a team that they did shellac a couple weeks ago, 6-1, right. to one, I right. think, on the, at Nassau Coliseum as well. So it, it's been an interesting week. They're getting the points, and at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Philadelphia 
kind of in the rearview mirror, at least for the time being. Washington now not only just coming up tomorrow night when they play the Capitals again at the Nassau Coliseum, but uh, there's three more games after that against the Washington Capitals before the month is up, I believe. So I'll take your word for it. I'd have to look at the schedule, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> we'll they, verify that they, they see Washington quite a bit. Of course, the New York Rangers also on the docket as well coming up this week. Yeah. And I believe Boston in addition to all of that. Yeah, yeah, they're going to make their their way around the rest of the division now that they're done with with Pittsburgh. They got most of their games against Buffalo out of the way, most of their games against Jersey. They'll see them later on, I believe, towards the end of the season, whether it's uh, late April or early May. I remember before the whole rescheduling bit with, with Boston, they were going to close, I believe, against uh, Buffalo and New Jersey back-to-back, which I don't think Philadelphia, too many people I'm would sorry, complain actually, about. Philadelphia, I'm sorry, actually, they play Philadelphia on Thursday. Oh, there you go. So Philadelphia okay. again. We'll, see, we'll see, <laughs> see them again on Thursday. Yeah. Just in case you haven't gotten enough of Philadelphia, you will see them again Thursday Yeah, it seems like you, you, can't have, um, you can't have an Islander-Philadelphia game without a comeback. Right, whether it's one it's, team or the other, they go up by a couple of goals, and then they're you know the other team's matching it up, and then you go into overtime or a shootout. Dems the rules now. Yeah, between those two guys, Dems it the seems rules. to be. I, I suppose <laughs> so. So yeah, another you know you take four out of six points against these teams, and you know we're we're kind of now in the depths of hey, play somebody other than Buffalo and New Jersey, right? Hey, I think I'm sure people are happy to see other teams than Buffalo and New Jersey. Oh, without question. But not only that, but they're having success against these other teams. Where you know if you were. You know, being a little uh, critical of the Islanders' success, saying, "Oh, right. well, they played those other teams so many times." Well, they just shellacked Washington eight to four. They're beating Philly, another team they should beat. Still, don't know what's going on with that team. I actually want to ask Brian Compton a little bit about that and what happened to those guys because I think most people had them at least penciled into the top four. Yes, for the East Division, and it looks like that's not going to happen. I think the two really of us were around. also a few of those people who. Had oh, no doubt. Out. I absolutely had Philly in there yeah. for sure. So it, it doesn't look like that's going to pan out. Pittsburgh was my odd team out actually among the the five contenders. Yeah, if no. you will. I think of all the teams that were up there in the East, it was such a hard division to pick coming into sure. the season. Sure. Sure. That that made the most sense, and really, it was it was tough because it was kind of a toss up, and even the Rangers were in that conversation. Still, you could make the case that New Jersey was in the conversation, even going into the season. Buffalo was never in the. Oh, you know what? I shouldn't even say that. Buffalo was in the conversation. I guess and then, so. Yeah, and then the tires were really, well. Once they got Taylor Hall, I think they right. made themselves in the conversation. Sure. They had to be. Yeah. Um. You know, they went out and they got the biggest free agent in the market, and they were expected to be competitive at the very least, not the tire fire, train wreck, garbage pail, somehow dumpster fire that they've become. Somehow they've bottomed out even worse. And I mean that in the nicest way possible. (laughs) Very convincing, Christian. So I want to start here, Christian. Saturday, I made a little return to the Coliseum. Oh, you want to make it all about yourself? All right. I just, well, about the experience under these, these worldly conditions that we have now. But sure, if you want to spin it that way, that's fine. But I did have the pleasure of making oh, it back to the, the Coliseum. Yeah, not you know. I'm sure some a lot of our listeners, if they're not fortunate to get back to the Nassau Coliseum, it's rough to hear about the experience that other people who are getting to go and enjoy the games. Really, just way to rub it in, Sean. It Christian, in. we're we're not off to a good start tonight. <laughs> this is. I mean, I'm trying to share an experience. We have this show. We have this platform. We can talk about what it's like to be at the Coliseum. Now, I'm not trying to rub anybody's nose in it. Seems like it. Well, I think you're just like being a little oversensitive to the topic and the situation here. I mean, I just wanted to you know, talk about how weird it was, the fact that there's so few fans in there. There's no concessions open. They have a couple of food trucks right. outside. Um, the bathrooms, like they have, they're segmented off and stuff like that for, for obvious reasons and stuff like that. But, and then you have cardboard cutouts mixed in with right, humans right. <laughs> in the lower bowl. So it's just, it's just a very odd experience, but... 
it was really nice to just be back in there to, to, to catch a game live. Now, did you notice, one thing I've noticed in being there a few games over the last month since fans have returned has been that they still do pump in the crowd noise. I was which I found up. very bizarre. I mean, I understand that 1,400 people is not a ton of, of fans in the building, and it's tough to generate a lot of noise right. when they're there. But I, I guess I was a bit surprised at how much crowd noise was still kind of being pumped in, despite the fact that there are fans in the building. I was going to ask you, since you've been in the building prior to fans being allowed back in, did you notice them dialing it back at all? Like, was it lower than it previously was? At Before points, fans came in. At points, yes. At points, you didn't even notice. But there were certain segments of the game the last couple of weeks where I've noticed, the because we're also where we are in the, in the media section, is right under one of the speakers. And so you can kind of notice when there's a little more crowd noise and it's artificial and when there's not. And when, when you, can, you can tell a little bit more when it's coming from in front of you instead of behind you and above you. So I, you notice it sometimes. At certain points, I'm a little perplexed i guess you could say of why would why would you even pump that in at that point yeah. um well it's still only 10 percent people but still i <laughs> mean I, I think i say that with the idea that there were is enough noise being generated from the people with the, that actual people in the building not yeah. the, aside from the cardboard cutouts i'm sure they make a lot of noise too when they can but perhaps um it, it was interesting i did notice that and i'm glad you noticed that as well yes yeah every now and then like i'd be uh in fact i gotta send a big thanks out to donnie for inviting me out to the game over yeah, at blue line nice deli I was, him, I, I, was, I was sitting next to Donnie, and every once in a while, we'd just look at each other and be like, you hear the crowd noise? <laughs> we'd be yeah. like, yeah, and it's just, you can see it's directly coming from the from the speakers up there in the Coliseum, so it was a little strange, but but again, like for anybody who's been able to get in, it's just nice to actually, you know, see the team live, and, and you're reminded that there's like no bad seat in that place in the Coliseum. Yeah. Oh, 100%. You know? There really isn't. It's, so. a, it's a wonderful building to watch a hockey game, when, and when it comes to sports that are tremendous to be at and to be at live, hockey is always the best one. And the Nassau Coliseum makes it so nice to actually watch a hockey game because you're right there on top of the action. And there, like you said, there's no bad seat in the house. Right. Maybe sure. under the old Coliseum, I think there was like maybe one or two sections that you actually had an obstructed view, but usually you were forewarned. And in the days yeah. that, that people were having to buy those seats, there wasn't a ton of uh, people in the building. Right. So they could probably move their seat if they wanted to. Sure, sure. So it's nice to get back in the building. And the good thing is it's only going to get better as, as time progresses where I'm sure there's going to be more fans let in by the time the playoffs roll around, so maybe people who haven't had an opportunity to get in there yet get an opportunity to get in there, especially when the games are going to be so high intensity, high energy, and obviously high stakes with the playoffs coming around. Absolutely. Well, you hope so. Again, there's there's now a lot of talk about a possible fourth surge. There's concern <laughs> over what's been going on with the um, variants in this country, and then, of course, the situation in Vancouver, which is beyond concerning it's become a very serious matter with the vancouver Canucks, and i'm not this is not me being funny i'm being serious no, the, the it's vancouver a, it's Canucks, a comment in the chat that i just happen to catch so oh I'll, I'll mention once you're done the vancouver canucks obviously in a very serious situation with more yeah, than half their team the whole team essentially yeah um so obviously roster, we wish yeah. the uh, not only them but their families are experiencing some issues as well oh, so really? we wish them well uh and, and a speedy recovery through through their situation with the covid var- variants yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy, right? Because you know the NHL's done such a good job of trying to keep this thing on lockdown, well, right, with all the precautions and stuff. They haven't, they haven't. Well, I'm saying they've at least put measures in I place. You, I think if you ask the Buffalo Sabres, the New Jersey Devils, <laughs> they might disagree with you. What I'm saying is they, they have gone to lengths to try to keep it under control, but that's not to say you're still going to be able to, right? I mean, just because yeah. of the unique circumstance. I mean, these hockey players are allowed to be in these – 
environments that most ordinary people are not. Having a collection of, you know, what, 15 people on an right. NHL bench or whatever the case may be. You know what I mean? So it's tough to juggle that. So I think all in all, they've done a pretty decent job. You're going to have your hiccups here and there. And it's just unfortunate that this, this one's so rampant here right. with, the, uh, with the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, it is a very unfortunate situation, too. Um, especially as the trade deadline years, I'm sure. I'm sure there were some some players on that roster too that other teams would be looking at at this point in the season to potentially make a move for or uh, whatever the case may be. But obviously, the big the big picture story there is that actually is obviously the hope that everyone on that team is able to get back to where they need to be health wise and and continue the rest of the season without being too heavily impacted. Which it's. Right now, it's tough to see it not really impacting the Vancouver Canucks season in one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, that, that seems like a pretty uh, inevitable situation. We're probably going to see some rescheduled games and all that, and it'll affect probably a collection of teams up there in the North Division. Right. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. But, folks, we got a break because Brian Compton from NHL.com will be joining us. So thank you so much for tuning in to Hockey Night in New York here at twitch.tv slash Hockey Night NY. We'll be right back. Customer service is the backbone of any great business, and reliable telecommunication is essential to keeping your client base happy. Introducing Thai Technology, a low-cost, flexible internet phone service founded on the idea that every customer deserves exceptional service while providing simple setup and management and easy integration to clients across the country. Thai Technology will not only create a custom solution tailored to your specific needs, but will partner with you to provide a competitive edge to you and your clients. And if you need support, you won't be routed to an automated call center in another country. You'll get a live representative that had a personal hand in building your account. So Islander fans, if your business is looking for a change from companies like Spectrum, Verizon, or Optimum, Thai Technology is offering three free months of service for any of its affordable packages. Just call 516-856-7800. That's 516-856-7800. 7800 or visit them on the web at tietechnology.com that's tie t-i-e technology.com tie technology the right choice for your internet phone service the only thing better than a great long island deli is a great long island deli run by diehard islander fans blue line deli and bagels located at 719 west jericho turnpike in huntington will make any islander fan feel right at home with its familiar blue and orange theme and isles decor Blue Line Deli and Bagels proudly serves Bagel Boss Bagels, along with breakfast favorites, hockey-themed heroes, quesadillas, salads, fresh-made smoothies, and much more. So stop on in for delicious food, a clean atmosphere, and a happy staff ready to greet you with friendly service no matter what team you support. Want to place an order for pickup? Call 631-944-3222 or visit bluelinedeli.com to check out the menu and order online. Blue Line Deli and Bagels, where the great selections will have you saying... Yes, yes, yes. Hope you enjoyed the ads. Now let's get back to Hockey Night in New York with Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. That's right. This is Hockey Night in New York. Christian Arnold and Sean Cuthbert with you, as always, every weekend. Of course, it's that time of the show where we're bringing one of our friends from the Islanders hockey media this week on the line, brought to you by our friends at Thai Technology. It's Brian Compton. Brian, how are you, my friend? It's been too long. We're friends? When did this happen? (laughs) I'm just kidding. Hi, Christian. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. I hope you are... uh, (laughs) I hope you had a great Easter, and uh, I hope you got some new pajamas. 
Uh, no, same pajamas. <laughs> I, I did get a, a couple of Cadbury eggs, so that's good enough. Nice. Very nice. Nice. How was your basket, buddy? Did oh. you get everything you ordered? <laughs> I, I didn't get any basket. The Easter Bunny skipped my house, apparently. <laughs> no surprise there. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was mean. It was. Very unnecessary. It was mean. mean, yeah. Brian, obviously the... <laughs> Brian, obviously the big story heading into this week, of course, is the NHL trade deadline. And the Islanders are front and center when it comes to trade chatter around the National Hockey League. Of course, they've been linked to Taylor Hall. They've been linked to Kyle Palmieri. They've been linked to Nick Foligno. The big question, I think, on every Islander fan's mind, Brian, is are they going to make a move? And when will Taylor Hall be a New York Islander? (laughs) (laughs) Nicely done. Um I say they're going to make a move every year, so I really shouldn't be the game here. Um, at least I was right last year, so I have that going for me. But uh, yeah, Broken Anders, watches that, right twice a day. Yeah, exactly. Uh, with Anders out of the equation, with what Lou told us a few weeks back, Christian, I think the writing's on the wall that they're going to do something here. Um, I don't think it's going to be Taylor Hall. I think Paul Mary uh, makes the most sense, and quite frankly, I think is the better fit because of his versatility. Um, plays in all situations, and those are the kind of guys that Barry Trotz loves, and he can put the puck in the net. I know he hasn't at the rate that the Devils would have liked this year, but uh, that's not a very good hockey team. Let's be honest. I think uh, <laughs> should 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 you know should he get the the opportunity to play alongside Matthew Barzell, I think he, could, he would have the, the chance to put some more pucks in the net. So we'll see. When it comes to some of the other options, if they go, let's say they go the Palmieri route, that they. they... I would imagine they would have some room to make some a secondary move or two. Is there anything else on the on out there that the Islanders could do as far as a a depth move or possibly bring in another defenseman to kind of shore up their blue line a little bit more as we hit the stretch run of the season? Yeah, I know that that's what most some of the fans want. I think you know screaming about defensive depth, <laughs> but I thought we saw enough from Thomas Hickey from the chance that he had guys. That do they really need to go out and get somebody else? Uh, I. I don't know. I mean, does does John Merrill really move the needle further than Thomas Hickey does? I don't think so. Um, so could they do something else? Maybe uh, if if they don't. I mean, if, if they get Taylor Hall, they're clearly not doing anything else right. unless they move other guys out. Um, but if they bring in a guy like Palmieri or Foligno and they still have a few million to play with, they could technically bring somebody else in, guys. But I think I liked what I saw from Hickey from the chance that he got. So we'll see. And Brian, to expand on that in the in the something else category, do you think there would also be a need for a depth forward? I know you, you just talked to Christian about a defenseman, but would there be a need to get somebody who could plug in maybe uh, on the third line, maybe to get somebody else a, another look next to Pajot or something like that? I don't. I don't think so. Um, you know, Dal Cole is out right now. He should be back shortly. I like. I really like what I've seen from Michael. You know, before he before he got hurt, there, guys. Um, I know he's not scoring uh, the way people want him to, or the way people expected him to, being the number five pick in the draft a long time ago. But um, he fits in nicely with these guys. And you know, should he play on that third line when he comes back? Um, I think you could give them an added boost. I don't see them going out and getting another forward on top of the forward that they're probably going to go out and get. Right. I, I think I agree with you there too, Brian. And I guess, you know, we've kind of been talking about this for the past few weeks now, building up to the trade deadline. And it, and it definitely seems like a buyer's market where there are options out there, whether it's, you know, Taylor Hall, whether it's Palmieri, and then you can kind of go down the list a little bit. And we've talked about names like Nick Felino, We've talked about names like Dustin Brown. Do any of those sound appealing to you? Is there anybody that's maybe not you know, grabbing these trade deadline high, uh, you know, headlines as much that you might be comfortable or, or, or see being a good fit for the Islanders if, if they happen to go off the, the top of the board a little bit? 
you know, Shoney, I think Dustin Brown could really, really help them. I think he'd be a really good fit for these guys, just because his resume and the season that he's having, he just seems completely rejuvenated. But with that added year, that's just the biggest thing, right? I mean, yeah. and Lou brought it up. If, if they have another year uh, after this year, it really throws everything out of whack. So I think they're going to go strictly for a rental here. But uh, again, I think Dustin Brown would be a really, really good fit on this hockey team. Talking with the great... Brian Compton wow. from NHL.com. You should have seen his it. face while he said it, Brian. I tried <laughs> yeah. to roll my eyes roll as eyes much as possible. He, he, yeah, yeah, I mean, the, the head was cocked back. The eyes were in the back of his head. It was it was <laughs> real sincere. Real sincere. I'm sure it was. We're talking with the great Brian Compton from NHL.com here on the line, brought to you by our great, 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 great friends at Thai Technology, and I genuinely mean that part. I know you do. <laughs> Brian, when it comes to... The Islanders at the deadline. There is always that expectation, at least in some Islander fans, still in the back of their mind, that this is the Islanders of yesteryear, the team that has always talked about possibly making a move and then stands pat at the deadline, especially under those Garth Snow years. When it comes to the roster that they have now, let's say Lou Lamorello, and this is a tough year. Even even Barry Trotz has said this is this is a tough year to try and make a trade, and it's not set in stone that one's going to actually be able to make, be come to fruition, I guess you could say. If the Islanders stand pat at the deadline, Brian, how confident are you in this roster that they have right now, especially knowing that Anders Lee is probably not coming for the coming back for the playoffs, um, and this is the roster that you have going into a postseason that's going to be very different, very difficult for the Islanders. What do you think their chances are of making a deep run or even making it to the playoffs, for that matter, with the roster assembled if nothing happens? Well, I think they're a playoff team for sure, even if they stand pat, Christian. Um, and then after that, they're they're probably good enough to win a round. But then once you get past that first round without Anders and without another addition, uh, I honestly, unless Sorokin or Varley goes on a, a really hot, you know, gets really hot in the playoffs right. um, then and steals the series, then maybe they go further. But um, it's weird, right? Like year one of, of Barry and Lou, uh, they didn't do anything, and I think the players kind of took it as a compliment, uh, and you know won that won, won that playoff series against the Penguins uh, emphatically. And then last year they clearly needed help, and they went out and got it. We saw what happened after uh, after the pandemic going going to the conference final. This yeah. year they have to do they have to make a move here. I mean, if if you're serious about winning the whole thing, I think you have to go out. And you're not going to replace Andrews Lee. Andrews Lee is one of those guys right. uh, on and off the ice who's just irreplaceable with everything that he does on the power play and with his frame and his leadership, etc. Um, but you have to go out and get and try to get somebody to replace the skates a little bit. Brian, can I just note and say how nice it is to be talking about the potential of going out and winning the whole thing and potentially making a deal to give you a chance to go and win the whole thing. That's a nice change of scenery for me <laughs> as an Islander fan, being able to just have these conversations seriously. Well, you know what, Shawnee? I'm glad you brought that up because <laughs> I still crack up when I tweet out the lines and fans go ballistic. Like, how have you not grasped the fact that things are so different around here and have been for a couple of years Seriously. now? Um, I mean, look, I love the passion I always have, but when... You're screaming about who's on the third line in, in game five of a 56-game season, knowing that the team is good. <laughs> right. And, and 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 is coming off, you know, reaching the conference finals for the first time in almost 30 years. Um, it's it's a different – Christian knows this too. It's yeah. just a completely different environment now. The team's going to be good for a while. They have the infrastructure that they desperately needed for so long. Just – 
trust the guys who are running the show. I think their resumes speak for themselves. Thank you. Thank you. B Comp, I, I am. You're I, welcome. <laughs> I, I was curious about something. Uh, we've we've had a, a few different guests on over the course of the last few weeks, and um, in addition to that, I, I was doing some hosting duties over uh, at an actual radio station. And we, good for you, buddy. We, we had uh, we had Molly Walker on uh, a week ago, two weeks ago now, I guess, uh, to discuss the NHL and what was going on with the Islanders and the Rangers. And she was one of the the few people, kind of in your camp, that thinks the Islanders are legit legitimate contender for the Stanley Cup even with or without a move I think it was where she was kind of going with that but when when you're talking to Islander fans I guess what do you what is your biggest your biggest point of saying this is why this organization is so much different this is why all this is why people like Molly Walker people like yourself say that the Islanders are a genuine contender and that they are a genuine contender that this is not the team that you've grown up watching for so long well, I think the only way to respond is just watch the games over the past two and a half years. <laughs> like, I'm not even I'm not even saying that to be a wise ass. Like, just they win a lot more than they lose, right? I mean, it's the the proof is also in the true. pudding. Yeah, yeah I, I just uh, I'm, I'm not trying to be a, a smart ass. I'm really not. I just right. don't. That'd, that'd be a real change else. of pace, Brian. Yeah, I just don't know how else to answer the. I mean, how much more proof do you need that this is a good hockey team? I I, I mean. Even without Anders, one of their most important pieces, um, they're still finding ways. So they scored eight goals against the Capitals without Anders Lee the other night. I mean, what more proof do you need um, that this is a really good hockey team? And having said that, um, they're going to make the playoffs again with or without um, a move here in the next week or so. But um, they have to go out and make another addition. I think Lou never tells us anything christian he That's told so us that true. day yeah. that they that they need to go out and get something else right. if they're going to win the which makes game. me think it's all a big setup for for something else like it's a giant <laughs> smoke screen yeah <laughs> <laughs> talk with brian compton here on the line brought to you brought to you by our friends ever at Thai technology brian obviously one of the big things that islander fans certainly have nitpicked i guess you could say i was trying to find a nice way to put that uh is the fact that Leo Komarov is now a top-line winger <laughs> Still for is. the New York Islanders. I, I mean, look, it, it comes up every week, every time the lineup. I'm sure Brian can attest to it. Every time we tweet out the starting lineup and the lineups and everything like that, people, you do get the people that are screaming, why is Leo Komarov on the top line? And uh, in, in your mind, Brian, why is what is it that Barry Trotz sees in Leo Komarov? I know Barry did address this today during the media availability, but at least in your mind, Brian, what is it that Barry Trotz sees in Leo Komarov too? Uh, award him such a, 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 you know, prestigious spot on the Islanders lineup. I, I think it's two things. I think he doesn't want to break up the other lines that he has in place. I think that's, that's probably right. first and foremost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, and then secondly, he does the little things that Barry loves to talk about, the, the forecheck, et cetera, those kinds of things. Um, and what he was, what Christian plus four plus five against Washington, something like that. Yeah. He, he had a phenomenal game. <laughs> Yeah, he did. And of course, we're not going to see that every night. We know that. But um, I think this is just this is for the time being. This is not Leo Komarov is not going to be playing alongside Matthew Barzell in game one of the first round of the playoffs. I mean, you can hold it to it. You guys can you guys can play this back on May 12th (laughs) or whatever it is. Uh, I get it. I'm setting myself up for for a lot of tweets here, but I would be floored. 
uh, if Leo is playing on the top line come game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. You know what? I've, I've been saying it for weeks. Leo Komarov is going to be the guy that scores the game-winning goal in game seven to win the Islanders. Christian, Christian, from, from your lips to God's ears, and I hope Charles Bailey gets the primary. <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. And, and Brian, we had Tony Stabile on for that when we were talking about it, and I said here, if that happens, I will get 47 tattooed. <laughs> if he scores the game-winner in game seven to win the Cup, throw 47 it. somewhere in my body. I don't even care. And Tony was on board with me so that's fine that's fine i mean it's, yeah, it's sure. but i think i think you're on the money with that brian it's it's not so much that barry trotz looked down the depth of the roster and the and the extras and everything was like leo Komarov, first line left wing this is what i've been waiting for <laughs> you know uh, i know right i know and, and again and it's not i know it's not, it sounds like i'm being as smart as but the guy has won what 850 with how many games? Like, just trust the guy. I, I really don't know how else to describe it. How That's many true. games does he have to win before you trust your head coach? Right, <laughs> Brian. I want to point out. I've never thought of you as, as a smartass. I don't think anyone would ever think of you as a smartass. And the fact that you think of yourself that way makes me sad and makes me feel like I should tell you that wow. you're a great person, Brian. Wow. I'm, work, I'm, I'm working on myself, I you promise. Should, nah, you're, you're a great we, person. We There's do, nothing to work on. We do call this show a therapy <laughs> session, Brian, so we, we, we try to work this in every now and then just to make sure. It. I feel better about myself already. This is, see, this we'll, is what it's all about. We'll send the bill to yeah. your insurance. Everybody, everybody <laughs> working on themselves. Yeah, I'm not sure if you have a copay or not, but stand by. Stand by. For- <laughs> it's cheap. I'm good. It's yeah, good. yeah. You go. You'll be fine. So uh, we have a potential uh, deal to address that, that that hasn't come up yet. Now, this came up last week on the show again. A lot of deadline chatter and stuff I, like I do want to add the backstory to this. Brian, oh, please. I, I've kind of become the piranha of the show because I defended a certain number 91 a couple weeks ago after that ridiculous column came out in the Toronto Sun. Uh, what they say about Butchie? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And then what was it? Last what was it? Last week I was defending Leo Komarov or something like that, or was it the John Tavares oh, thing again? Man. Well, it was that, You're and then and then a certain and then a certain someone had said that they felt that the the Islanders were going to win the cup this year. And that's oh, what oh, that's right. And I said I, that's right. Molly said that I that the Islanders are going to win the cup, and I said that's a little. Dr- and little, I said she sounds like the smartest yeah. person on the planet. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So and that's then, where this comes from. And so basically, that somehow uh, snowballed into into the the potential idea of trading Molly Walker for Christian Arnold on this show. Here, I wanted to, wanted to know what your thoughts were <laughs> on the prospect of that deal, and does Hockey Night New York have to throw a sweetener or two in there to make that happen? Oh man, you're gonna get me in a lot of trouble. Here. <laughs> I mean, look if, if we're if we're strictly talking about you guys being on Twitch, I think that's a trade you make ten minutes ago. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, talent talent level alone. I mean. Uh, Sean gets yeah, the better too. end of the deal. Yeah, <laughs> talent level alone gets right. Sean the better end. Well, of we got a, we got a week. We got right, the deadlines the twelfth, so we got a week to find. I don't out. think the post is making that trade. Still talking I to. Them. I, still... I don't think so. I know the sports editor. There, Christian, yeah, he's not there are too many smart people at the New York Post. They are not making right. that trade. Ron Duguay is right. actually a shrewd negotiator. He's been real tough. <laughs> so I'm seeing he if I can work better than Christian too. Oh, 100 percent. I mean, that's not difficult. That's not that. Are you wearing sleeves tonight, Christian, or no? Thank God he is. Yes, I am. Yeah. Well, see, the the, the I whole to, I don't know why I have to. The whole him. Twitch broadcast keeps him honest now. You know, like he actually That's true. has to put on you know big boy clothes and all that, and he does a decent <laughs> enough job. Yeah. <laughs> well, our sponsors basically dress me for Sunday, so That's Sundays are Monday. There you go. That's true. Uh, shout out to Tight Technology and uh, 
Blue Line Deli for that. <laughs> so before we let you go, Brian, I, I did want to ask you uh, briefly, just now that we're kind of getting towards the, you know, the, the high octane part of the season here, the games start to mean more. I mean, it was four point games all season because of the new setup here, but now everything is going to be even that more intense. You got three teams right now vying for first place. And with Boston having all those games in hand, you figure that there's a good chance they're going to catch up too. And, you know, what do you make of the potential Islander opponents coming up here that they're going to face in the playoffs? Probably one of, or two of, Washington, Pittsburgh, and Boston. Um, who, who scares you the most out of those teams, and, and who do you think the Islanders match up best against? That's a really good question. You know what? Um, the Bruins have been really weird this year, guys. Um, they just seem off. Like, something is really off with them. Um, they've been dreadful five on five, yeah. like guys like the have been terrible. Um, Rask has been, you know, dealing with some things. Um, and then they had some, some COVID issues as well. They've just been really weird. And the Islanders have been dynamite against them, which yeah, is even yeah. more bizarre because the Bruins always gave them fits. Um, I would watch out for the Penguins here down the stretch for no other reason than they're playing the schedule that the Islanders played about a month ago. I mean, they still have a ton of games against the Devils. Um, Buffalo, etc. So there's right. a lot of points that the Penguins can bank here um, that will help them in their attempt to win the division here. We'll see what happens with Malkin down the stretch too. Um, and then the Caps are another weird team to me. Um, their goaltending been, has been better than I expected. Um, Oshie's been awesome for those guys, and of course Ovechkin is just absurd. So um, it's going <laughs> to be it's it's going to it's going to be tough no matter who they play. Um, but I think they match up best against. Probably Boston, just the way wow. that they played against yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once you get to the playoffs, it's just a whole different animal. Like yeah. I, I could see them easily beating the Bruins in the first round. I can easily see them losing <laughs> to the Bruins. Like sure. you just don't know what version of the Bruins you're going to get. They're going to have a tough, um, a tough go no matter who they face because because the, the, the division is so good and the Rangers aren't out of this either. I mean, let's be honest; they they've been looking better of late too. Fair. So yeah. we'll see. Sean made a face. I don't necessarily know. He says fair, but I don't necessarily know if he agrees with that. So Brian that Compton. That was a very long-winded answer with absolutely no answer, if that made any sense. So Brian Compton. Well, that's what makes you a professional, Brian. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Way to talk around. So Brian Compton says the Islanders want to play the Boston Bruins. Sean Cuthbert said the Islanders should want to play the Penguins. So both of those teams, if the Islanders do see them in the playoffs, will probably beat the Islanders now because of these bold proclamations from Sean and Brian over the last couple of weeks. Brian Compton, NHL. <laughs> Dot com. You can always read his great, great, great work over at NHL.com. Wow. Wow. And uh, I, was, I was about to tweet, uh, plug his Twitter handle. You can follow him on Twitter at BComptonNHL. He's always a great follower. Honestly, and in, in genuine, genuine fashion, I mean this, Brian has quickly become, although he hasn't done it a lot recently, he has quickly become very proficient and entertaining on the Instagram which is shocking wow, since I just showed you, him how to use that. About well, That's his true. his daughter probably had a lot more to do that than I did. She but. did. <laughs> but you you helped me with the video stuff. So, so thank you, he's buddy. actually yeah. become quite the follow on Instagram. Brian, you <laughs> notice how he couldn't give you credit without giving himself credit? No, it's fine. Yeah, no, I, okay. I didn't I'm give not myself. I literally I'm said not his. Thank you for any of these compliments, Christian. You know that, right? <laughs> no, no, I know. hundred percent, I know. Okay, good. Uh, that was generally meant because. If nothing else, watching him think that it's a great idea to put him singing in his car on his Instagram story. <laughs> he did that? No, yeah. That's, yeah. Oh. No, that was that. just Vanilla Ice. I was listening to Vanilla Ice. 
Uh, I mean, I guess, you know, vanilla ice is tough not to. Not a good idea. Very (laughs) embarrassing. So go follow him there as well on the Instagram. He's very entertaining. Brian Compton, NHL.com. Brian, always good to talk to to you, my friend. And and, in all sincerity, we do miss seeing you around the press box, and obviously hopefully we get to see you soon in person as well. I I get my second shot on Friday, Christian. I'll see you on April 24th. Wonderful. Cannot wait. I genuinely cannot wait. Great talking to you, Brian. Thanks a lot, man. All the love, boys. Take care. Take care, brother. Brian Compton, NHL.com, really does do a great job. And I genuinely did mean that. That's the nicest I've ever been to be Compton. I love how you have to qualify it, though, every time, just to, just to convince people that you are being genuine. I really, really was being genuine that time. I know. Well, I'm just, that's, <laughs> I'm trying to turn over a new leaf. And, wow. Uh, Good for you. You know, I think like everything else, COVID has changed people in a lot of ways. And my, uh, it's tough not seeing <laughs> B Comp all the time now. I'm sure. Oh. I'm sure that opinion will change immediately as soon as I see him. See, you just a, undid everything. All the all the the good that you just you know kind of built there. It's all gone now. Right, Crashing I'm down. Gonna scoop back because I'm way too. Please do frame. Please do. Ugh. Please hold on. All right, folks. Another great go. spot. Am from, I in a good spot now? Yeah. You, okay, great. Another great spot from Brian Compton at NHL.com. The train rolls on here at Hockey Night in New York. Christian, where would you like to pick it up? You want to talk a little bit about the uh, division foes? You want to focus back on the Islanders? I mean, we can go anywhere here. I mean, plenty of notes here. So what do you think? Well, I think obviously the big storyline going into this week is obviously the games that are being played, but the trade deadline. There's no way around it. The Islanders have been linked to so many teams, so many players, I should say, at this point. Taylor Hall, Kyle Palmieri, Fellino, Dustin Brown. Where does... Uh, Lou Lamarell go at this point. Where does he he laser he focus in on as far as making a trade? Well, because I, Kyle Palmieri Pal- 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 seems like he's destined to be traded. Obviously, he was held out of the game on Easter Sunday. I believe it was his agency that put out a tweet that said that he was they being confirmed it, yeah. he was being held out in anticipation of a trade coming within the next couple days or week. So it's it's coming. Is that trade coming to the New York Islanders I, or another I team? Said it, I said it last week with Tony on the show. I think Paul Mary's going to the Islanders. I think that's the guy Lou's going to get. And, you know, Brian added to it today. He seems to be in agreement there. He just makes a lot of sense. He makes a lot of sense with the type of game that the Islanders play. He's a seasoned veteran. He's a goal scorer. I guess the only nitpicky thing about it, which I'm sure they'll sort out because they're professionals, but... Palmieri plays the right wing. Right. He does not play the left, which is the spot that's open. Now, that's a quick fix maybe where you just move Josh Bailey to one of the left yeah, wings. Yeah, Josh Bailey's always seemed to be a guy that you yeah. can kind of move around. And, and there are a couple players that the Islanders have that yeah. are, have that sort of Joe McEwing-esque ability to be put in any position on the field minus the pitcher. Totally. I Do was, you understand I was going to say okay. that too. No, that's where I was going to go too. But... Joe McEwing was a New York Met in the early 2000s. Very much a utility player. But he was. See, now Louis Soho is that guy for me. See? Very nice. Right? Very nice. Right? See? Told you, pal. So anyway, yeah, I don't think Lou Lamarillo is going to be like, oh, man, you know, this is a nice deal I could make for Palmieri. Mets up 2 nothing. by the way. Oh, good. Great. Great. Well, I'm sure we have some listeners here that are big Mets supporters, so good for you guys. Yay. So (laughs) Francisco Lindor at bat. Oh, he's the big big, uh, big guy they just signed, right? Yep. He's He's a really good player. Yeah. No idea. No idea. An amount of money no NHL will ever sniff. In That's a, okay. In contract That's okay. Talks. I'm sure they're still happy with the millions they make. So, back to the point at hand here. Um, yeah, I mean, you might have to... Who knows? Maybe we'll be surprised and they can throw Palmieri on the left and he'll be all right. I, they can do that. I, I want to say that I don't think that's going to be too much of an issue, regardless whether That's where I was going. Yeah. No, no, I agree with you. We're agreeing. We're saying the same thing. We're agreeing. We're very much all in right. tune with okay. stuff that's going on. 
But when it comes to these deals, though, I think one of the big questions is always going to be the cost. What is it going to cost to get the to get a Palmieri? What is it going to cost to get a Taylor Hall? What is it going to cost to get? And we were talking about this before the show. Mm. And I think one of the one the one big things is that at least with Taylor Hall, I agree with you. I don't think he fits. I've said it before. I don't think mm. he fits what the Islanders have in the locker room. I don't think he fits the culture. Um, and you look at his success across the different teams he's had, it's it's been very limited. And I get that he's playing in a really, 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 really bad Buffalo Sabres team right now, so I don't want to hold that against him. Right, but I do think Tony made a great point on the show last week where he said if any any coach can get to Taylor Hall, it's Barry Trotz. And I think i got to give him that. And if the Islanders happen to feel that they can work some kind of magic with him, I'm, I'm willing to say, and I know I've already said it on the show, yeah, sure, bring him in, see what you can do. If they, if they believe in that guy and believe in what they can do with him in their system, and all of a sudden he becomes a complimentary player, then great. See, my, my concern, and especially in a year where you're, this is, this is their year, this is their window, right? This is the window that everyone predicts them to have over the next year or so for them to win a Stanley Cup. Um, if that, what they believe in that, in that front office suite, if that's what they believe in the coaches suite, is Taylor Hall coming in with question, not necessarily knowing if Barry Trotz is the coach to get that change in mentality? Do you still risk it when you know that there's a guy like a Palmieri, a Foligno? That's that, why that that's, may cost you more, and I think that's that's the issue at hand, right? Because we again we were talking about, it, and, I, and I agree with you before the show. Yeah. Taylor Hall, I think I think Taylor Hall is going to get bungled worse than what Garcino did with Thomas Vanek. I think you look at the way the Buffalo Sabres season has gone between the COVID <laughs> issues, between the actual play on the ice, between yeah. everything that has happened with that with that organization. It, it just seems like they're set up now to bungle this worse than what Garth Snow did. And you could be looking at the Islanders, and, and, and this, these are Sean words. I don't want to take them away from Sean, so I want to give him credit here. But you're looking at the <laughs> a potential deal where it could come down to the final hour, final minute, yeah. and they're forced to take a B-level prospect in a second-round draft pick for a guy that they they paid a, not a and, lot of money, but they did pay a lot of money for in offseason. And the crazy thing, though, that's different is Vanek was producing. Yeah. Vanek was putting up great numbers with JT and, and Oposo back then. So it wasn't even like the guy was in the situation Hall's in now where he's got, what, two goals? Yeah. Like, what, 16 points? In the, I don't have it in front of me, but he's obviously not getting the output that you would normally expect from a guy like Taylor Hall. So again, yeah, that going against them too. Right. I think that has to do with more that, uh, that he's playing on. And granted, the Islanders teams that Thomas Vanek played on were not, you know, superstar teams by any mm-hmm. stretch of the imagination, but they did have talent on them. Mm-hmm. The Buffalo Sabres right now are in, a, in an absolute free fall and there's not a whole lot of talent around them, around him on the ice. So it does make it harder for him to produce. And when no one else is producing, it's tough for really to put all of the blame or all of the, the expectation on one guy like Taylor Hall. So I don't, I don't hold that against him. I think if he went to another team, I think the offensive production, especially one with talent, the offensive production would pick up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But my concern, again, has always been the character issues. The Palmieri's, the, the Felinos, they fit the bill there. And I think that's where it becomes a little more pricey. And I'm curious to get where, where you think the price tag would be for someone like that. Yeah, and that's actually a question we got from Mike in in the chat as well. You know, what sort of assets are the Islanders going to have to give up to get these guys? And look, it's 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 tough, but I think we should focus on Palmieri. Yes, I th- I want to pause you there. I want to admonish the people in the chat making fun of Leo Komarov. First line, Leo does not deserve that kind of deridement. <laughs> Or yeah, derision. There's, there's some Leo bashing going How on in there. We see what we see what's you. going on there. Say that he's only <laughs> what's a going on. trade for Hall would be a Leo and a roll of stick tape or a skate sharpener. That's rude. Wow, that's messed up. 
Well, look, I, 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 I sorry to disappoint you guys, but Leo isn't going on. <laughs> no matter who the Islanders trade for, Leo's not going the other way. I can assure oh, well, you that. I don't, I don't necessarily know if I agree with that either. I, if you get the right partner in place and you're able to shed some of his contract, I think the Islanders will do that. I'm not saying the Islanders wouldn't do it. I'm just, I don't think it's going to happen. I think he is here to stay, at least for the rest of this year. First line, Leo. <laughs> First At least line, until April Leo. 12th. At least until First April 12th. First line, Leo. See? First line, this, Leo. This, think about this. You guys only have to deal with this on the air, and then there's off the air, and you don't even know what goes on over there. So this this guy over here with his first line, Leo stuff. But anyway, let's talk about what you might have to give up in these trades. Let's, let's talk about Kyle Palmieri. <laughs> now, you know, I guess your first instinct is to say, oh, well, you don't have to give up as much, you know, as you would for Taylor Hall because right. the, you know, the, um, I suppose – Supposed quality of player, right, right. and the past past production. Stuff well, I think like it's going to come into being the demand. Yeah, it's it's look. If there's a bidding war, you know, you're going to have you're going to have um, you know the devil's general manager putting these teams against each other and saying, "Well, this is what I'm getting from this guy. What are you going to give me?" And, and what is his name? It's <laughs> it's Ray Shiro, right? It's still Ray Shiro. I feel like it. no, it's Tom, Tom Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald. It's Tom Fitzgerald. See, that's I had a brain fart, and I was like the general manager because I knew it wasn't Shiro anymore. I forgot it was Fitzy, former number fourteen of the New York Islanders. But anyway, yeah, he's probably going to have a couple of suitors coming there. You, you've heard Boston. You've heard, I believe Toronto has some interest there. So, and I'm sure Lou's going to want to beat <laughs> them to the punch. You know, as far as Paul Mary, but. Look, I don't know. I don't think you. I don't think you have to go in a first round of territory. Yeah, I think you probably start with a second. And I don't know. Do you have to give up? Not to say that the Islanders have a lot of prime prospects, but do you have to give up a prime prospect in there to get them? I don't. I don't necessarily think so. Um, you know, I think you start at the se- second, and and then maybe you just give up another ass or two. I don't think you have to throw Balduke in there. I don't think you have to throw in Robin Sallow. I don't know. I think they're going to want something in return. Well, of course, that, no. But in that in that realm, it's at the end of the day what the negotiations that the, end up being in the in the price tag or the, the demand. I guess you could say. I could see the Islanders having to give up if in this scenario, let's say they go with the second round pick, a second round pick, and I would say a B level prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know would a Simon Holmstrom kind of right? Would a Simon Holmstrom kind of be in the mix as well? Is Kiefer Bellos in the mix as well? I think that's something we didn't really talk about. I think Kiefer Bellos is more in the mix to be part of these deals than I think a lot of people were anticipating. No, I think that's a good point. And, I do. And Andrew Gross had a great column in Newsday, I want to say Friday or Saturday about that, because Barry had mentioned the way Barry – maybe we did talk about this. I forget. Everything kind of blends together sometimes. <laughs> Barry Trotz has kind of shifted the way he's talked about Bellos. He will – Talk about why he's not on the lineup, why he didn't like his play, but he he can kind of add these these kind of addendums at the end of those comments about why he's going to be a great player down the stretch, why he's going to be. Maybe we talked about this at the game when I saw you. I'm trying to remember where this conversation came up. It's okay, you go process okay. th- thought process. <laughs> um, but I think, and I agree with it. I think the way Barry's been talking about Bellos, it kind of adds up to that guy that. I don't know if he's going to get more playing time in the Islanders roster right now, especially you would have thought if Barry Trotz had liked what he had seen from him, mm-hmm. he would be back in the lineup instead of like a, a Ross Johnson, for instance, instead mm-hmm. of, you know, a Leo Komarov. Um, right. Bellos Dal- would be Cole there. Michael like Dow Cole. Back in when he yeah. comes back. You don't no. get the same mm-hmm. sense. In the sense you get when Barry talks about Bellos is that he likes the development of where he's going. He's not there right now for the Islanders. And that it's almost like an advertisement. You know, it's not good for us right now, but 
down the line, he's going to be a big part of this, big part of an organization. And that's not necessarily a comment about him being part of the Islanders. It feels like to me again. I'm I'm mm. inti- I'm kind of I'm interpreting it. It's, it's. I actually think Bellows makes a lot of sense in a deal for one of these wingers. You know whether you want to say Paul Mary or not, just because yeah. he's basically a young, hopeful version of a guy like him that they would be picking right. up, right? A twenty-five goal scorer, right? I mean, that's kind of what the Devils would be trading in for, kind of recycling Palmieri for. They can't get to a deal with him. They deal him off elsewhere, and they get in a, a younger version who they hope that they can kind of replace him with right. as he comes up through the team. So, that, so Bellows does make a lot of sense. So, you know, if they have to, if they get into a bidding war with a team like Boston, yeah. maybe they have to get serious about doing a, a second and throwing in Bellows or something like that. Is that attractive to Islander fans? Thinking, I, I feel like that could sound like too much right. to Islander fans, but it might be what you have to do if you want to get the guy you think is going to help you win a cup. Right. It's the question of if you're, and I'm asking Islander fans this, do you think Kiefer Bellows is, is the guy that steps up down the stretch and fills in and, and produces where the Islanders need him to be? Or is it to get this team to a Stanley Cup right now, is a Kyle Palmieri the one that you need to have in the lineup or someone equivalent, you know, Nick Felino or something like that, to, mm-hmm. to be successful and to get to that point in this organization getting to their first cup final since the 84 season, if I'm not mistaken. Am I correct there? 1984? The cup final? Yeah. 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 Um, getting over that hump. Sorry. I, I know the last as time... somebody that, who's covered the Islanders for as long as you have, you, you should probably know that down pat. Well, I just... I wanted to make sure. I wanted to make sure that there wasn't something else in the in the mix, but, uh, but the last cup final was indeed 1984 against the Edmonton Oilers. Kind of get it mixed up with the 93 season where that was their first, their last trip to the Eastern Conference Finals. Correct. Before last Correct. It's okay, Christian. You're young. I get it. I get it. So you look you look like you want to say something about the chat there. You look confused. I'm just, I'm looking at the chat. I, oh, I, okay. I'm just You're monitoring what's going on. All right. Well, I think. I want you to look at the chat and, and, and there, there's just one comment that keeps popping up that I'm a little. <laughs> Do you like glitzies? What is that? What is that? Wow. All right. Let's, let's leave that alone. So anyway. Let's go to the Hero of the Week. It's, it's about that time. So let's go to the Hero of the Week. Right. Sound good to you? Sounds good to me. Let's go to the Hero. Ladies and gentlemen, when you hear this song, that means it's time for the Hero of the Week. Brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Half price hero. Great stuff over there. Let me bring up my notes here. It is brought to you by, of course, in honor of Brian Compton, the B-Comp Q, with boneless ribs, barbecue sauce, pickles, onions on a hero. Get it for half price all week starting tomorrow. That is Tuesday through Sunday, where we'll announce a brand new half-off hero. Stop in and mention Hockey Night in New York for half-off the B-Comp Q. So, Christian, I believe I go first this week. Are you okay? I'm mesmerized. I think I think you just got to let it go, man. I think you just got to ignore it, you know? You go first this week. I do. I do. So without further ado, I think this one's a pretty easy one. So I'm going with number 13, Matt Barzell. He has the five-point game against Washington, the 8-4 drubbing. Not only did he have the hat trick, but it was a highlight reel hat trick. Every goal, almost one more impressive than the next. (laughs) And then he gets the shootout winner against Philadelphia. Right. So I think Matt Barzell is an easy pick for the hero of the week. I think so. First, uh, you also mentioned he got the first star of the week by the National Hockey League. As That's right. Well. He was recognized by the league as well. So that was a, uh, a certainly an acknowledgement for everything that he has done. 
and an absolute acknowledgement of the, the way he's played and just a tremendous effort against the Washington Capitals on Wednesday, yeah. or Thursday, I should say. The end-to-end goal was just phenomenal to watch. Um, and just his all-around effort there was just a phenomenal phenomenal one to watch as well. And then uh, him his shootout goal against the Philadelphia Flyers. The Phillies. Phillies. I'm thinking Mets. You really got baseball in the mind, man. I'm thinking Mets. Well, I mean, you're not too far off. Everybody made a whole to do about the fact that he had that baseball swing goal. Yes, yeah, yeah, bad to, to, to get the, the catch, to get the which I mean trick. was impressive. No, no doubt. I mean that that takes a very a lot of hand eye coordination for that that goal to happen. So that's definitely a credit. But my hero of the week is someone that also had a a tremendous tremendous week as well. For it's somebody else. Yeah, you didn't pick Matt Barzell. I didn't. I didn't pick Matt, Matt Barzell. That I picked doesn't... another one of the bees though. Oh yeah, and that's Anthony Beauvillier. That's him right there. And that is now, him right there. Why? He has had just a phenomenal week as well. I mean, obviously the two goals against the Philadelphia Flyers and the effort that nice he job. had. I just had to make sure that I. Got yeah, it. yeah, no, no, you're getting better. Um, Philadelphia Flyers with an absolute uh, amazing effort by the by Anthony Beauvillier to really pick up a, a game that was kind of bizarre for the Islanders. It's not that they didn't play bad, great, but uh, it was not the style of play that we're used to when it comes to the Islanders, especially against the Philadelphia Flyers. They sort of played down. Anthony Beauvillier stepped up in a big way to help the Islanders there, and he's he's just he's starting all, to put up points again now. all around. He's, he's on coming one of the streaks. So, and this is the guy, and this is the guy you need as far as. Players that need to step up, especially this late in the season, especially without Anders Lee in the lineup. And you need those guys to step up. Of course. And Bovillier has not only done a great job in the third line, but now moving back to the second line with Brock Nelson and Josh Bailey. Fit right in seamlessly. Yeah, I just think compared to the week that Matt Barzell has, that you made a poor choice. All right. Well, I think uh, I think my pick's better, and I think Sparky agrees. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I think there you Sparky, have it. Sparky has spoken. Sparky is the end-all, be-all. That's right. So, folks, that was the Hero of the Week brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagel Half-Rice Hero. Remember, stop in, mention Hockey Night in New York, and you will get the B-Comp Q with boneless ribs, barbecue sauce, pickles, onions on a hero for half-price for the rest of of the week until we announce a new one next time. Nice. There we go. Very good. Now, let's bring it back here. So... Let's just go over a couple things before we wrap this thing up. Noah Dobson made his way back into the lineup. Yes, I think he did. That's, that's noteworthy. Back from COVID-19, yeah. he's feeling good. Luckily, that he did not suffer any severe symptoms, as yes. Barry Trott said, and he yes. acknowledged. He's young and healthy. Yes, so that was a, that was a big relief, and there's been no drop-off in his game. He's fit back, back into the lineup seamlessly, and he's, uh, you know, I will say there were a few moments in on the Philly game, I want to say, that were a little iffy for Noah Dobson, mm-hmm. where... Maybe it wasn't the best play here or the I best play there. a long there. time. But, no, 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 I understand that. I'm not saying that it, there wasn't going to be some pains coming back into the lineup. But he, for yeah. the overall effort that he had, he, he looked very solid back in the lineup. And do you agree with Brian when he says that, hey, maybe they don't need depth because we saw what Thomas Hickey, t- Thomas Hickey can do in there? I, I agree. I know there, yeah. are, there are certain Islander fans that don't agree that they aren't big fans of Thomas Hickey still. But I think Thomas Hickey brings... Oh, you know, you get what you know you're getting from Thomas Hickey. He's a solid defenseman. He plays well on his own end. Um, you know, he does have that offensive contribution when he when he can, and he's a solid seventh eighth defender, especially down the stretch run when the when the Islanders are going to be in the middle of a big big playoff run here. Uh, he's a guy that you want on your bench, and he's been through a lot with the organization. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, it's good that it's good that they have him there. That it's good that the Islanders know that he's a guy they can rely on if somebody on the D happens to, you know, fall back, get injured, right. have a, have an issue with COVID, stuff like that. So, you know, that's definitely a good thing to have. I think another thing I want to note on is uh, Ilya Sorokin had himself a really nice bounce back game in the game against yes, the Flyers. Yes, he did. So he he uh, he only gives up the two goals and he was flawless in the shootout. Mm-hmm. So a big bounce back for him. Yeah, absolutely. He he had an effort that you absolutely needed from him to get back on track. Obviously, there was some. I don't I don't even think there was some concern internally or from Barry Trotz. It was from more or less the press and uh, the fans curious of how he was going to bounce back after such a rough outing the time before. But you know, the guy just doesn't uh, seem to lose a lose an inch there. Yeah, no, it's good to see. Him. Look, they're going to need him too because they're obviously going to rely him on him and Varley heavily here throughout the rest of the season. So nice to see him get another win between the pipes. There was a brief scare with Oliver Wallstrom. Seems to be okay. Okay. He Seems exited the okay. third period for a little bit. He came back. He's all right. As far as I know, yeah. Okay. All right. That's good stuff. Uh, he was at practice yesterday, or, uh, today. Uh, the Islanders had off on Monday. On, uh, on Easter Sunday, and so they practiced today on Long Island, and he was he was out there practicing with the team. Ross Johnson also back out there with the team on the third line as well. Michael Del Cole has begun skating, according to Barry Trotz. So the pieces are starting to come back and, and align. All Alstrom again, fine. Ross Johnson doesn't seem like he'll miss any time. Del Cole will not play tomorrow against Washington, but it seems like he's taking steps in the right direction to get back into the lineup. Okay, there you go. So, Christian, why don't you skim through the chat a little bit, just see if you can find a question or two. I'm going to plug RJ Daniels. Okay, wonderful. And then we'll uh, we'll do a, an audience question or two here. So, folks, I want to remind you all that if you can't make it to the games at the Coliseum or they're on the road, RJ Daniels is the place to be to watch Islander hockey. They got specials like $5 16-ounce Barn Rocker Ales, $14 Bud Light Pitchers, $17 Domestic Buckets, $4 Domestic Bottles or Pints, and they always have plenty of food ske- f- food specials. So head on down for Islander Games to 279A Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center from pregame until the final horn. Have yourself a great time. They always have the sound on there. The staff is fantastic. So RJ Daniels, the place to be to watch Island of Hockey. So, Christian, you got some questions for us? Trottier19 asked us, Gonzaga or Baylor? Say what now? <laughs> Do you understand anything that just Oh, yeah, out? that's that's a March Madness question, a March Sadness question. A March Madness, yeah. Yeah. The NCAA championship. Oh, I'm going Gonzaga. Team. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I say Gonzaga as well. See? There you go. Uh, winging it completely. Yeah, right. Totally winging it. Mike4652. Co and this obviously is a comment, a question in jest, but the kid who won the Calder is he any good? He's all right. He's all right. He's all right. He had a decent week. He's all right. Yeah. NHL thinks he's pretty good. Trotty nineteen also asked why did Johnston leave the game? Hand or head injury? Hand or head hurt? Well, I'm going to toss that one to you, Christian. I mean, I'm pretty sure box. that was more I uh, making sure he was fine because he uh, did take a couple powerful shots. Yeah, in that fight. I mean, might have been one of the few altercations he's gotten in where he might have been gotten the best of. Yes. If you will. Yes, he was. And yeah. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's the first time for everything, as they say. It happens. It does. It certainly happens. But uh, it seems like that's all the questions that we have. Yeah? You sure? Did you do a thorough search? Yes, I did. All right. So I guess I guess we'll leave that there. Uh, quickly, we could just look ahead. We kind of, 
I guess, briefly touched on this. They got the Caps on Tuesday, Philly on Thursday, Rangers on Friday, all part of this six-game homestand, which they are so far 2-1. and one. <laughs> Oh, someone has a question. Oh, yeah, Is sure. there a brawl tomorrow? Is there a brawl I Remember, tomorrow? there was some bad blood as the Islanders and Pe- uh, Penguins, the Islanders and Capitals were leaving the ice. Ah, uh, yes, that's right. There was some chirping at the end of the game. Uh, obviously, Washington was, was not happy about being doubled up by the Islanders. Uh, a brawl? Probably not, because the league boring. frowns on that. <laughs> I mean, it's it's so few and far between these days. They've 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 put such a, a cap on it. But you know what, though? Now that this question's been brought up, and maybe this is a question for one of our guests down the line, but Christian, have you ever just reflected on when the referees decide to let the fisticuffs go, and when the linesmen just jump in immediately, right? There's a, you'll, every now and then you'll get a time where, you know, you see a couple guys square off and drop the gloves. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go have fun. Go right. crazy, right? And then, and then other times, immediately, the linesmen bum-rush the guys. They separate them as quickly as they can. They, they give them a couple of minors each, and they're like, no, 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 you can't do that. <laughs> and I'm still trying to figure out what the mentality Threshold is, is there. Yeah, and now I know that there's certain games where, you know, maybe they're heading a certain direction, they're mm-hmm. trying to keep things under control. But, like, even... I've seen it even early in games. Like, even before the, the shenanigans start, where you'll just have the, the, the linesman jump in immediately, be like, no, 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 we're not going to let that happen. I think it probably depends on, on several different factors, one of, which, one of which is probably the history between the two teams. For instance, if it's a situation like you had a couple of years ago between the Islanders and Penguins, and you know this game is going to be contested and... There's a lot of bad blood, and there's a lot of chatter going into it. I'm sure that there's much more of a emphasis from the officiating crew, whether it's spoken or not, that, hey, we need to make sure we keep a lid on everything. We make sure, calling the game tight, make sure mm-hmm. that we have a handle of everything so it doesn't get out of control. Now, obviously, that's a terrible example because that game <laughs> got way out of control, as everyone remembers. It's just... But I think that's kind of the kind of the... One of one of the factors, I guess, that goes into it. The other one, I'm I'm sure, or I would imagine, is just the way that the officiating crew calls it. Like, if you have certain referees that are a little more liberal with how yeah. they call games, they might not jump in or have the linesman jump in right away when it comes to a potential fight. Where you have maybe other officials that call the game a little more conservatively, they might be more quicker to jump in and, and keep things from getting out of hand. So, I'm sure just a personal way that the officials call the mm. game has a lot to do with it as well. Interesting. Yeah, I'm sure that factors in. It's just <laughs> I, I feel like there's more to it, and somebody has has an answer out there. But it like if we could have Kerry Frazier on the show one day or something like that, that'd be you know, cool. Retired former official, right? He's he's cool. kind of bounced around the media every every, every now and then uh, in the past. It'd be great to just pick his brain or somebody like him and be like, you know, why does that happen some nights and why not the others? Because there just doesn't seem to be consistency to it. But you might be right. It could just be individual referees. I, 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 I that's I don't that know. makes the most logical sense. Yeah. So, <laughs> actually, Krishna, I have to ask you this one. I have no comment. <laughs> Any thoughts on Nickelodeon night? Huge for you, pal. I have no comment. Huge cartoons. You love cartoons. I have no comment. Oh, is that a sense? Tim Peel might be you? available. Is it, <laughs> Peel might be available. That's true. That's true. Oh goodness gracious! They even get him on the show. Wow, he's got nothing else going on these no, days. No, he's he his schedule has has freed up. <laughs> It is freed up for at least now through the end of June, maybe into July. I don't even know how how long the playoffs are going to go this year. They already delayed July, the season, into July, right? probably. July. I mean, yeah, it's so not probably. He's going to have a nice summer. He'll be on the beach. Well, he he was set to retire anyway, so this is right. Like, he will have right. a nice life. Yeah, on the beach. Sure, sure. Good for him. All right. Anything else we got here? Or, uh, we ready to wrap this thing up? I think that's about it. All right. Well, 
In that case, time for another button press. Folks, I want to thank you all for tuning in to Hockey Night New York here at twitch.tv slash hockey night NY. Always a pleasure to have you guys joining us live, hanging out with us in the chat. Always good fun. Always a good laugh. Yes. And, of course, to you listeners to catch us later on on your drive-time commuter. <laughs> What have you. Yes. But uh, I want to send a huge thanks out to our sponsors, Blue Line, Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. Head on over for great food, great service, great people, and that okay dude you may know, Donald Rosner. Check out the menu at BlueLineDeli.com for their great selections and hockey-themed heroes. And we want to send out a big thanks to Thai Technology, a voiceover IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. Check them out at TaiTechnology.com for all your telecom needs, or give them a call at 516-856-7800 and get three free months of service. Huge thanks to Brian Compton of NHL.com for joining us as always. Nice little laugh with him. And a huge thanks to you once again, our viewers and our listeners, and to you listening and not viewing. Get your asses over to twitch.tv slash hockey night NY and give us a shot here. Always a lot of fun. And, of course, if you enjoy the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast providers. Tell your friends. Spread the word. Follow Christian at C underscore Arnold zero one. Follow myself at Shawnee Hockey. And follow the show at Hockey Night NY on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Next week, I think, it's going to be Monday, too. I believe so. Yeah, because the Islanders, I believe, are playing on Sunday night. Whatever the case may be, probably Monday. We'll fill you guys in either way. For Christian Arnold, I'm Sean Cuthbert. We've been Hockey Night in New York. We'll see you next week. Bye.